We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Seven and eight tenths seconds remaining. Knicks go to 2-0 on the season. Following the double overtime victory over the Celtics on Wednesday. A route in Orlando. They defeat the Magic. 121-96. Okay. Well, <laughs> that was fun. Um, the Knicks are undefeated. How about that? How about them apples? Uh, they win this game by a final score of 121-98 to 98, uh, in a game that was certainly not as close as the final score would indicate, although there were a few few touchy moments there in the third quarter um, that we'll, we'll talk about in a bit. Obviously, the big story from this game um, is that the Knicks obliterated a couple of franchise records. First and foremost, they... Uh, passed their franchise record for most three-pointers made in a game with 24, I believe, was the final number. If I am reading my screen correctly, yes, it was 24, um, and really obliterated. Uh, the previous record was 20, uh, which they had accomplished three times, uh, two in regulation. So killed that. They also obliterated the record for most threes attempted in a game. They attempted 54 threes tonight. Previous record was 51, which they accomplished in the four-overtime game um, against Atlanta several years back. Mello was in that game. I think it was 2017. And I think that the regulation record before tonight was about 47, if I recall. Um, thank you, Harry Donor, for getting us kicked off in the in the Super Chat. We appreciate you. Thank you, Brian Carter. Clyde being pissed at the Magic's defense <laughs> might be my favorite thing ever. Yeah, that's the other. I, I would say this this game is going to have two big stories. The first big story, obviously, is the Knicks made a ton of threes, helped by the fact that – and we'll talk about it more, but, like, you know, I mentioned on my halftime Zoom for, for the newsletter folks that we, we kind of, I think, are already taking it for granted, the fact that this team is an analytics darling. Like, they'll take a, a, a long two here or there. You know, Julius Randle still relies on the long twos. Um, RJ, you know, I don't know if we've seen it yet this year, but he likes to dribble into that kind of 16, 18-foot elbow jumper. But for the most part, this this team is is Daryl Morey's wet dream. It's, it's threes and shots in the paint uh, and free throws, obviously. And it's just – it's incredible that we've gotten here so quickly – uh, no pun intended. 
because just two years ago under Fisdale and not, you know, that that should be the thing that anybody holds themselves to at this point because that was so bad, but they, they really have turned a corner so fast um, putting up these threes. They, I mean, eight of their first nine three or shot attempts were from deep. And here's the thing. They're not jacking up threes. They're, they are passing the ball and they are taking good looks. Those good looks were easier to attain tonight. And this is going to get me to what I think is the other big story of the game, which is the fact that they didn't play an NBA team tonight. That that team that they faced was not an NBA team. Uh, maybe it was a G League team. Um, good G League team. Definitely a good G League team. Probably would have beat the Ignite last year. But it was a G League team. Um, so I, I don't think – I mean, we'll talk all the stuff about tonight. We'll go through all the players. We'll, we'll have some fun with this because, hey, it was a blowout. Um, let's enjoy it. And the Knicks are, again, 2-0. But, you know, I, I think the fact that they shot so many threes, part of the reason for that was because of, of the opponent. And this opponent, you know, forget about what they couldn't do on offense. On defense, this Magic team just, I mean, they just didn't stand a chance. Um, already hot and heavy in the Super Chat here. Uh, let's check it out. Robert Cross, we always appreciate you coming in here. What is the chicken colored special tonight for three for threes record, 53 wins? So it's funny you ask that. We, we uh, had chicken cutlets last night. There's one leftover cutlet in the fridge. I didn't I didn't eat it today for lunch because I'm like, maybe my daughter wants it. She didn't she need it. And we're, we're heading out to her, her folks, uh, my wife's folks place tomorrow. So that, that cutlet has my name on it. There's some Swiss cheese in the fridge. There's some uh, Trader Joe's um, secret sauce. I think I'm just going to – and some, like, everything bread that I also got from Trader Joe's. I don't love it. It'll do the trick. I think I need one more thing. I got to search my cabinets. I don't know what else is going on there, but it's going to be something, something special. I'll, I'll take a picture. Uh, Michael Aaron, what's going on, my man? It's not too late to go back and pick the Knicks first in the Patreon wins draft. Just saying. Again, um, this was not a real NBA team that they faced tonight, but they are 2-0. And um, – the the only the only bit of like part of me is annoyed slightly is that you know I don't know what if this team actually the, this Magic team shows up and plays with pride on Sunday night in MSG what difference it's going to make but like you know let sleeping dogs lie I didn't need Julius Randle in the game and we'll, I'll talk about that more in a second um, but just to like you know the last thing I want to fucking see is this Magic team come out on Sunday and actually play really hard because they didn't even play hard tonight it's one thing to be bad. It's another thing to be bad and, and not play hard. Um, so I don't want to see that. I want Sunday to be a walkover as well because then then we get into some real opponents. Um, then we get Philly. Um, then we get, uh, you know, there, there's some, again, there's some there's some real teams. So, um, yeah, Aussie Knicks fan in the house. What's going on? Always comes and supports the effort here at the post games. I appreciate you. Second year Obi is so fun to watch. Has already shown such a leap from what he showed us last year. A crowd favorite too. And hey, it's not even our crowd. It's a different crowd. It's a it's a it is a home crowd for another home team. I mean, what what more can you say? Um, I'm gonna hit up a few more of the super chats, but then I'm gonna start my. Uh, monologue as it were tonight with obi Toppin, uh stevens guillame what's going on my man nice w 24 threes kept them under 100 points yeah i thought the defense was pretty good tonight 
Uh, wasn't great. Actually, you know what? It was like mediocre <laughs> by the Knicks standards. But again, how do you ra- how do you ratchet up the effort when you're playing a team like this? That's so bad. Um, that said, I think the Magic had scored like in the teens until seven, eight, nine minutes left in the second quarter. The, de- the defense was was fine. Sean Ahern, good teams, bludgeon bad teams. Love to see it starting early. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it's a great call. We are Nick fans. We have been through the 500 yards of, of shit-smelling foulness that, that no man should ever have to endure. Um, we should not take anything for granted. And we certainly should not take blowout wins for granted, uh, especially blowout wins on the road. I don't care who they're coming against. So good job by them doing what they're supposed to do. The Neil's next door. Um, so what? So this is what it is like to have a good team. Um, yeah, I guess so. You can calmly watch the Knicks beat a bad team with ease. Zero F-bombs drop tonight, 3-0, hopefully. I'll tell you, man, again, it's the PTSD. It's the PTSD. When the lead got down to 16 points in the third quarter, I'm like, it's two threes away from a 10-point game. That's what I thought to myself. Two threes away from a 10-point game. Um, and then I stopped. I took a deep breath, and I was like, no, not anymore. Those days are over. Uh, and then I remember what happened at the end of the game <laughs> against Boston. Um, look, are, are, they're they're a good team. I, I remember. I think last year it was a running theme for me in these post games. It took me until like game fifty or sixty or something to actually feel comfortable saying, like, "Yeah, this is a good team. It's a good team. We know it's a good team." Um, but there's a lot of good teams in the NBA, um, and and unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of terrible teams in the NBA. There, this is one of like four or five. Um, Maybe that number goes up as the year goes on and other teams want to start tanking and what have you. But, uh, no, they did what they were supposed to do. Kevin Danishevsky, God, what a beautiful game. Hot take. I think last year's team makes this game interesting. At one point, they started hitting everything. Yeah, um, 100%, because last year's team doesn't get up by as many points. And instead of the Magic coming back and making it a 16-point game, they come back and they make it a 10 point game or a nine point game or an eight point game because the game, because the game was never that far in, in doubt. Um, the lead was never that big. And then, you know, the sphincters start to tighten and they didn't have as many guys who could make shots last year. And now they do. So that's a great call, Kevin. Um, I completely agree with you. Forgotten NYC tips, keeping Mitch in the game when he was clearly gassed could have ended badly. Thank goodness. Mitch was okay. After that tweet, I, you know, this is as good a time as any. And, and I, again, I want to I really want in terms of the the little smaller stories of the game. I want to start with Obi. I want to I want to focus on Obi because I like to focus on the good. You guys know me. But like. There was no reason for Julius Randle to be in that game. Um, Mitchell Robinson, like I actually don't even mind that they put him back in after the injury. So for anybody who, didn't, who may be listening to this. Uh, on the podcast feed, Mitch fell hard. It looked bad or it looked not great. Got worked on on the bench. He was fine. He came back in the game, played a few more minutes, ended up playing 28 minutes tonight. Um, maybe they feel like this is the way to get his conditioning ramp back up. I don't know. What I do know is specifically with Randall, I don't think there was, there was a reason for Randall to be in the game. Like, God forbid, you know, I understand every minute is valuable and like, you 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 prepare a certain way to the point that like if you have that laser focus, you know, it, I'm, there's a there I, I, there is a logic behind it, but it's not worth 
it's not worth the risk, especially since when Julius Randle came into this game in the fourth quarter, he's not approaching the game as he would any like a, a time when the game was in doubt. He's and that's you don't want your players in, in the game. If they, like if it's one thing to put players in preseason games because that's that's work. That's getting them experience. You know, getting them more used to game situations after they've been off the whole summer. I, I understand that. That's why you never heard me say anything about him playing them a lot of minutes in preseason. But the, the regular season's here now. Like, just, I, again, there's a, there's a risk-reward thing here. And for me, and you guys know me, I never complain about this shit. Never, ever, ever, ever. Um, to me, it was on the other side of the risk-reward factor. I, I didn't think he needed to be in there. Uh, Brian Benjamin, I've always been an OB believer, and wow, who would have thought we'd see Obi and Randall again? It seems our coach does adapt. Uh, I predicted on my halftime Zoom that I we would not see Obi and Randall tonight because I thought Tibbs would reserve that for um, situations where he really needed it. And obviously I was wrong. And I got to say, part of me is a little happy to be wrong because I like to look. I like what they could accomplish. It didn't work as well tonight as it did against Boston. Um, but at this point, for me – it's as much about getting Obi top in minutes as it is anything else. So let's talk about Obi. Um, I don't, you know, for, for anybody who watched last year, you'll know that when Obi was just okay and when Obi was struggling, my go-to thing was always twofold. One, he's a rookie. And two, when you go from being literally the, the most – like I, I'm, I'm, he wasn't literally the highest usage player in college basketball in his senior in his second year, but there was nobody in college basketball who ran their offense through one guy as much as Dayton ran their offense through Obi Toppin. He was at the center of everything they did. To go from that to trying to be a, a guy who came in and played seven, eight, nine minutes, where you're playing three minutes at a time, three and a half minutes at a time, four minutes at a time. Like, that's really hard. And Obi, again, he showed this in high school. He showed this in college. And we saw it last year in the NBA. Um, he's just not a guy. He takes a little bit of time to adjust. Um, so I, I was always high on him. I never got down on him. And the reason I never got down on him is we saw the skill level in college. We saw what he could do in college. And if you believed in the jump shot and he – Hit those two threes late. By the way, the release on that second three-pointer, that final, I think it was a corner three-pointer that he had. He ended up being two for four from deep. That's a, I mean, a, a release that quick from a guy that's six nine, and that can do the shit that he could do inside the arc, that's something that will make defenses pay attention to him anytime he's out there. And I wrote it in today's newsletter. Um he needs to hit the threes to really make those small lineups dangerous because if he hits the threes and if he is a threat, then they have to guard him out there. And if they have to guard him out there, that means they can't hedge and go and double probably Randall, but whoever has the ball, you know, that's, that's on that side of the court. I, I think, um, I think we're seeing the, the beginning of something really, really special for this kid. There is a reason why he was in rumors to go first overall last year. There were There's reasons why we thought he was going to be gone by pick five, and we thought that uh, Leon Rose was going to trade up for him to get him at pick five. 
There are reasons for all these things. You can do a lot of things that you can't teach. Uh, I think we saw it with the finishing tonight. We've seen it now two games in a row with his, again, his ability to go from zero to 60 and, and jet like a cheetah up the court where like most big guys just can't do that. And he is technically a big man, even though he kind of plays like a wing. Um, incredibly impressive stuff from Obi Toppin. Uh, another good game tonight. Again, 23 minutes he played. His final stat line, five for eight from the field, finished with 13 points, uh, a couple of rebounds, a couple of assists. And uh, had a nice uh, – I remember one block off the top of my head. He had one block and two steals. Not bad. Um, I, he, he has to play 18 minutes a game at the very least. That's my number, 18. Give me 18 a game. Figure out a way for me to get 18 minutes a game. Uh, we'll see if we get it. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jeremy E. 48 shot selection. Hold on. You went away, Jeremy. Let me get back to you. Um, Is a little questionable. I think he can move the ball a little bit more. That said, hard to complain with the results so far. Um, that's the good and the bad with Fournier. The good is that when you have a guy like Evan Fournier on your team, he's going to be able to save your ass in the first overtime like he did last night or two nights ago against Boston because when you've been in like gold medal games against the United States of America and you're the top offensive option for your team – being in those situations is not going to phase you. The downside of that is that when Evan Fournier is on the court, Evan Fournier is going to believe that he could hit any shot. 
So he's going to take any shot. And there will be nights when those shots do not go in. Evan Fournier is going to be a frustrating player for Nick fans. I think, I think we're going to love him a lot more than we are perturbed by him because the defense is good. He tries his ass off all the time. And he's going to have those games that he wins your games, which is why for anybody who didn't hear the podcast today, Chip Murphy, we talked about it. The perfect comp for him is really J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith will win you some games. J.R. Smith might lose you a game or two. Um, but J.R. Smith believes every shot that it, that he takes is going in. And I think at the end of the day, you like having guys like that on your team. I like having him 40 on, on our team. We needed that. Is he perfect? No, because he's not a, a star player. But that's why he only costs $17 million a year. So. It is what it is. 18 million, excuse me. Um, Anthony Six, though, uh, more Randall rising up on people, please. Let's fucking go. I, I tell you, Randall rising up um, on um, the dunk, a couple of dunks now through two games is a beautiful thing. My favorite moment, and again, I didn't even realize the moment. I just got a text from someone. I don't know if he's watching, but shout out to the person that just texted me a picture of Robert Randolph. Uh, hope you're well out there in LA. Um, uh, 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 something I noticed rewatching the Celtics game, uh, and I put it in the, the newsletter today, Randall getting up for a block. He blocked Jason Tatum. Like when's the last time that Julius Randall could block a guy like Jason Tatum? Um, I don't know what he did in the off season to like increase his athleticism, increase his leaping ability, but this might be a game changer. Um, cause that means he could legitimately, you know, kind of, you know, keep, keep other offenses honest. If he's the small ball five on, um, on defense, uh, diesel, what's going on, my man. And, uh, love the, love the, uh, Twitter. Um, what do they call that? The picture. There's a name for the picture. Twitter, Twitter avatar. That's it. See, I got it. I knew I'd get there. Let's not hype up this win too much. I agree with you. Uh, still early in the season. Also, just 80 more wins to go. <laughs> Greatest team of all time. We are all witnesses. Yeah, it's a fun team. Uh, shout out to you. Kyle Smith, what's going on? Thoughts on Kemba? Um, still looks hesitant driving. Yeah, I think, uh, by the way, uh, Tom Thibodeau said about Mitchell Robinson's hamstring. Should be fine. They don't know anything right now. Um, but we'll we'll – We'll monitor that situation. I swear to God, if he misses that game against uh, Orlando on Sunday. Actually, I wouldn't be too upset if he missed that game. If he misses the Philly game, I'll be pissed. Uh, thoughts on Kemba Walker? Um, I love the threes. I love the threes. I mean, I love having a point guard who could knock down threes or has the confidence to take threes. He was three or five from deep tonight. I think he hit three in a row in the first half. I think I thought that was important. Um. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much Kemba could still do in terms of driving, as you allude to in this in this comment. Um, in terms of like, at one point he had, I want to say it was Wendell Carter Jr. on him, um, and he was trying to take Wendell off the dribble, and it just wasn't there. Uh, I, you know, I I think it's okay if Kemba Walker transitions to a different phase of his career, because Kemba Walker, he can still get into the paint. He may not be able to beat guys off the dribble and get a semi-open look at the rim. 
type of get into the paint, but he could still get into the paint. He could still draw guys to him. He could still make that kickout pass. And most importantly, I do still believe in his ability to hit hit three point shots, both off the dribble and from from uh, a standstill. And I think he's going to be more willing to take shots, um, uh, take spot up threes, which is something that, as I talked about with Adam Taylor earlier in the week, he wasn't really uh, you know keen to do when he was in Boston. Um, so yeah, I think we might be seeing a different version of Kemba Walker, but guess what? Kemba Walker doesn't need to be the old Kemba Walker to help this team in a significant way. Um, because we haven't even talked about Julius Randle tonight. Julius Randle, again, is, he is a, he is a star player. I don't know what else you want to say. He's a star player. Um, he had 20, what do you have? 21, 10 and seven. Yeah. Nice, nice game. Uh, RJ was quiet tonight, but I think we all, I think here's the thing about RJ. Um, the things that we – he only had seven points, but, boy, some of the buckets that he had, the spin in the lane and the finish, um, and then the finish right after that. And I think – did he hit one three? No, he, he missed he, – that's what. He went one for three from the line. Um, how crazy is it? How many – I feel like we've had a lot of nights where RJ has been poor from inside the arc and hit a bunch of threes. Tonight was the first night where it was kind of the opposite. Um that's fine. He's allowed to have a cold knife from deep. It's okay. His teammates made up for it. Uh, worldwide Knicks. Mr. Macri, sir, uh, how do you feel about leaving players in late? Is it important for Julius to show leadership and keep playing for 48? No, it's not. Uh, I don't. My only quibble, my real quibble was Julius going back in. Again, I was cool with Robinson because, like, I, I don't think you should go to – I'm not a guy that believes, like, you should go to your deep reserves, like, in the middle of the third quarter because – you can lose a 30-point lead in this league with three-point shooting what it is. I think it's okay. Like, send your starters out there to start the third quarter. Bring in your reserves. Um, and then if the reserves keep the lead, then midway through the fourth quarter, you bring in the, the end of the bench, guys. That's my view on it. Um, did Mitch play a little bit too much because his conditioning is what it is? Maybe, but at the same time, maybe that's the best way to get his conditioning a little higher. I don't know. Um, you'd have to ask someone who, who does physical therapy for a living or something. Uh, Tom Romano, what's going on, man? Jay Ferrara copying you on Twitter spaces right now. Um, cool. You know, shout out to Jerry Ferrara. I never watched uh, Entourage, sadly to say. Uh, I, I missed it. Uh, I, I've been meaning to go back and watch it one of these years um, when I have spare time on the 12th of never. Um, all I know about that show is that he got to, like, date uh jamie lynn sigler right i think that was a thing that happened and I, I was obviously a big jamie lynn uh fan uh the neil's next door do you think it's possible that tibbs is just giving randall a chance to get his numbers um no i think tibbs is gonna tibbs is gonna tibbs that's it that's all there is tibbs is gonna tibbs um seth wolchuk seth you made it man how you doing i hope you got the kids to bed you know who's amazing seth you're amazing seth um Shout out to uh, Staten Island. Uh, this, has been, this has been a fun one. I'm glad you're enjoying. Um, oh, I'm just catching what Andrew wrote. Before you leave this chat, please wish, wish Rich McLeod a very happy birthday. Shout out to Rich McLeod. For anybody who missed it, um, Rich McLeod did the amazing hype video on the eve of the season opener, which we tweeted it out. Go check out the, the Knicks Film School Twitter account. Um, I think I threw it in the newsletter yesterday too, or yeah, yesterday. 
it'll make you want to run through a wall. Great stuff from Rich McLeod. Happy birthday, Rich. Uh, prototype NC. I feel like Obi finally found his role in this offense. Last year he looked lost, but this year he looks way more comfortable. I'm very happy for him. Yeah, I mean, I think the comfort play comes from a few places. I think it comes from being obviously a second-year player in the league. I think it comes from, as Thibodeau has talked about many times, having a full offseason, having a summer league, having a full training camp, having all of these things. Um, knowing what the NBA grind is like and going through it for a year, um, seeing matchups one, two, three times, and then being able to go back and process that, all of these things. There's a reason that, you know, guy, and I, I, I think, I still think for some players, the biggest jump comes from year two to year three. So I don't even, I think we're just getting started with Obi. Most importantly, he looks like a guy who has a plan out there. So often last year, we watched Obi Toppin, and we just watched a guy who was kind of just moving around. He didn't – not that he didn't know what he was doing, but he, you know, it was – he didn't have a plan. Now he has a plan, and uh, to say nothing of how he is on defense, which is just absolutely – I continue to be blown away by Obi Toppin's defense. Um, he's just – he's really solid. Um, okay, catching up here. Um, shout out to Dom Cappuccini, uh, always in here in the super chats. We appreciate you. I haven't shivered this much when Mitch goes down since we had KP. <laughs> Man, I was watching that game last night, the Hawks Mavs game. Let me tell you, the the conversations about like will Porzingis ever make it back to his form he was in New York, those those conversations can end. Because that guy, he ain't never coming back the way he was. It's over. Uh, I'm, he'll still have nights where he makes five, six, seven threes. But, like, I don't, you know, in terms of, like, where do you play him on defense? In terms of is he ever going to shift his mentality and, like, want to be more of, like, a complimentary player as opposed to a guy who wants post touches and all this bullshit? Oh, boy. Um, I will – I will – I have been I have been critical at times of the return they got back for that trade, but because I, I wonder if there was something else out there that would have maybe got us a better draft pick from a shittier team. But at this point, I'm I'm past that because kudos to those guys for not paying that fucking dude the money he wanted. Man, um, good job, Scott Perry and Steve Mills. Um, Tyler Michaels, what's going on? Alec Burks is a hell of a weapon off the bench. I love uh, Alec Burks is like, he got slept on all last year. He's getting slept on again. All that guy does is come in and produce. He played, what did he play? 20 minutes tonight? Um, 18 minutes tonight. Forbes, he, he took seven shots. All of them were from, from deep. Uh, he made four, seven assists. I love Alec Burks. Alec Burks. What a, what a bargain, by the way, Alec Burks at, uh, what do you get? $10 million a year? 10 point something million dollars a year. Love it. Um, Fran, Fern Rodriguez, what's going on? Mitch has to lead the league and falling to the floor for hustling. LOL, scares me every time, but I love it too. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch plays the way he plays. I, I, I love how he plays. I love his approach to the game. Um, I hope they extend him. I hope they extend him because I want him to be around. I believe in Mitch. I've always believed in Mitch Robinson, but like, come on, love, get this guy here. Keep him here for a while. C.T. Pittman, Friday night, Knicks is back. Feels good to be 2-0. and um, C.T., thank you, first of all. Um, I feel like, am I allowed to look ahead? Am I allowed to look at? No, I'm not. You know what? No. 
No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I was going to look ahead past Sunday night and be like, if they're 3-0, let's look at the next week's worth it. No, we're not going to do it. Let's get past Sunday night. All right? Let's get past Sunday night. But thank you, CT. Um, this felt good. Shout out to Weiss. Wasui? Wasui? Wasui Saba. Uh, appreciate your contribution, my man. Tom Romano, Mitch Rusty, or is the new body slowing him down? Oh, I think he's, his conditioning is for shit. He's going to be fine. The body's going to be fine. I think I think, one, I think once he takes that thing out for a spin a few times, oh, Mitch is going to be just fine. Um, it's just his conditioning isn't where it needs to be. Um, and that's always been – maybe not always an issue, but it's, it's you know, it's uh, – He's 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 labored before. I'll just say that. Um, what else we got? Uh, Worldwide Knicks, what's going on? Shout out to you. Um, appreciate you coming in. Um, I see you on Twitter, and you're you're doing good stuff. Uh, Imad Khalil, what's going on to you? I definitely see you on Twitter. Uh, always doing great stuff. And we have what else we got? Cheers from France. Well, um, I forgot to bring myself a new beer, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna leave you and go to the beer and get a or go to the fridge and get a new beer right now. Um, especially since I'm probably gonna hit the hay after this live stream is over because um, tomorrow's Saturday and I don't have to write a newsletter tonight, so that's fun. Let's uh, let's talk about some other stuff because there's there's some other things that I did want to touch on from this game, despite the fact that it was a blowout. Uh, we talked about Randall, we talked about Robinson, we talked about Walker. Fournier in a kind of return home game. How about this for a stat line? Five for 12 for 18 points. What does that tell you? He got to the line, four or five from uh, the line, and he hit some threes. Four of nine from long range. Um, I think my favorite thing from Fournier tonight, and uh, uh, Tom Piccolo tweeted out one of the clips, and then there was another moment, I think it was in the first half, I've been waiting now for a while to for Julius Randle to develop a true two-man game uh, with someone on this roster. I thought it might happen once they got Derrick Rose last year. It didn't really happen. Been waiting for it to happen with R.J. Barrett. Eh, not really. Figure it might happen with Kemba Walker. Hasn't really happened with Kemba Walker yet. He seems to be developing a nice two-man game. Um, with Evan Fournier. Uh, we saw it a few times tonight. Evan Fournier can shoot. Evan Fournier can pass. Evan Fournier can move with the ball. Evan Fournier is a gamer. I will take some um, strong side um, pick and roll stuff from those guys. Clear out. Just leave those two guys there. Let me see what they can do. That, that's, that, might, that should become a staple of the Knicks offense. And uh, if we can, if we can get it with in some small ball alignments, how you doing? Uh, even better. You know, why not? The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road, but if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, no smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. I'm just seeing Boston and Indiana lost. That's good. Always good. Logan Barlett, thanks so much for your contribution. We appreciate you. Um, I'm going to check the NBA scores in a minute. I want to finish up on on uh, Nick's stuff first. Uh, Kevin, Kelvin, excuse me, Lugue. Love and appreciate all the work you guys do. Um, peace and love. Peace and love right back to you. I, I'm, I've am i said it. God, for anybody new here, uh, I am the luckiest guy in the world that I could sit here and talk about the Knicks, uh, especially after they win. Um, you guys coming and listening to me is is just a bonus. My main man, James. James Stanzoni. What's going on, James? $5 towards Chris's next sandwich. Boy, did that look good today. I thought it was from Tino's. He said it was from some other place. I, I don't know what it was, but a lot of a lot of mozzarella in there. Brigitte mozzarella. I hope he had some sun-dried tomatoes in that in that bad boy and some balsamic, obviously. Maybe a couple of basil leaves as well. Um, and throw the rest on the Knicks winning the division because why not? What a time to be alive. Can't wait for that KFS meetup. It's coming, baby. We're less than a month away. Uh, there better be another meetup for our Eastern Conference Finals game. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, why not – why not dream? This is the time to dream, right? Because, listen, Boston – or, excuse me, Brooklyn and uh, Milwaukee are still – they're head and shoulders above, right? Um, I th- I still think Philly's going to be really good. Um, I think they're going to rally around the Simmons thing, and I think if Embiid stays healthy – now, I think I did see a tweet earlier tonight from somebody about, like, Embiid, like, went down with an injury, but he was okay. I, I – I didn't read it because it was in the middle of the game and I don't, I don't pay attention to what's going on in other games when we're playing. Um, But you know, if Embiid stays healthy, that's a big if. I think we could be right there. I think we could be right there with anybody else in the East. I know Miami put a shellacking on, on the Bucks B squad last night. Um, Tyler Harrell looked good. Um, Miami will be good. Atlanta, Atlanta looked really good for as much as the, Mavs maybe did not look so good. Atlanta looked really good. Atlanta's going to be good. Um, This is just – it's the toughest the East has been. I'm just going to say it. This is the toughest the East has been since the 90s. Maybe that's hyperbolic, but I remember the 2000s very well. Not good. I remember the early 2010s very well. And you had a couple good teams, a couple really good teams. But in terms of like one through eight, one through nine, one through ten even maybe, the East is solid. And, yes, you have a couple of these shitty teams that good teams are going to be able to go in games against and mop up with. But the East is so good. But, uh, yeah, sure. Why, why, why can't the Knicks, who are capable of going – and and hitting 24 threes in the game against a G League squad. But still, why can't they be in that conversation? I don't know. Um, I think they can. Uh, and they should. So uh, good good comment there. Um, 
Anybody else I want to touch on? We talked about Burks. We talked about uh, Derrick Rose. Nice game. Uh, Derrick Rose, by the way, we need to start paying attention to Derrick Rose from deep. Derrick Rose shot 50-something percent in the preseason from three. Uh, I forget what he was against Boston. I know he hit at least one three against Boston. Maybe it was what was he one for three, two for three, two for four, one for, whatever. It was it was okay. Tonight he was four for six. I think Derrick Rose is like, I think he's like a forty five percent three point shooter now. And I know these are standstill threes. These are not off the dribble like threes. Who gives a shit if Derrick Rose is going to hit threes like this, or just be a forty plus percent three point shooter? And he could still turn on the Jets like he does, man. And I and he hasn't even been that good inside the arc. He was uh, 0 for two inside the arc tonight. Um, missed, did not have a great game uh, or a great shooting game inside the arc against Boston. But I think the three point shooting is real. And I think once again, he's an older player. Might, might take him a little bit longer to ramp back up this season. Boy, is Derrick Rose a weapon. Um, awesome stuff. Um, yes, OBD Rose, nice relations. I love the two of them. Are is there are they the best pairing on this Knicks team? I think they might be. I think it might be OB OB and Rose number one. Um quickly, uh let, let's let's finish on quickly. Quickly had a bad he was the only Nick that had a bad game against Boston. Uh, a couple miscues just didn't look good. Tonight, you know, whether it was because it was against Orlando or because of whatever, finished with 16 points, four of eight from deep, five of ten from the field overall. Uh, he did make the one floater, got to the line a couple times, um, three assists. It was nice to see quickly get back on track. I don't worry about Emmanuel quickly at all because I think Emmanuel quickly is going to be, a, a, again, something about that kid. I think he's going to be a special player. Um, it was nice to see him get back on track. That's it. Uh, I don't really have any thoughts about this Magic team. Uh, I feel like I should have an observation about them. The Wagner kid, uh, Franz, not Mo, Clyde. Um, Franz Wagner's good. Um, Cole Anthony did not impress me, and I know he he didn't shoot well. He just did. I don't know. He didn't impress me. Suggs was four seventeen. Um, I wasn't really paying attention to him that much, but I I was high on him before the season. I'm I'm still high on him now. Um, that's really it. Let's uh, before we get out of here, let's check some other scores, shall we? Holy shit! It's it's one hundred eight, one hundred eight. Nets Sixers. Uh, with 48 seconds to go on ESPN. I think I'm going to – I may have – guys, you're going to hate me. I may have to sign off because I think I kind of want to watch the end of that game. The Bulls are kicking the shit out of the Pelicans. Shameless plug, I'm writing for Odds Checker this year. It's a betting website centered in, I don't know, somewhere on the other side of the Atlantic. And did I write about that game? I think I wrote about this game. Yes, I did write about this game, and I picked the Bulls, and I'm really happy I picked the Bulls because they're kicking the shit out of New Orleans. I don't think New Orleans is very good. I think New Orleans is about to have a season from hell. Um, Hornets beat the Cavs. Hornets are looking feisty. Cavs are the Cavs. And uh, Wizards beat Pacers in OT. Okay. Oh, and the Celtics did get beat badly. Wow. I don't know if that makes me feel good or bad that the Celtics got beat so badly because I thought the Celtics were part – of, part of why I, was, I came out of Wednesday night feeling okay – about that game being so close is I think the Celtics are a really good team. So I don't know. I'm going to kind of want to dig in a little bit more why they got their ass kicked. Um, Chindon, Chindon, David Futternick, Chindon. Um, okay. I think that's it. Um, thank you. Uh, Jalen Brown looked to have a hangover from Wednesday. Was that what it was? 
Hold on. Let's see what Jalen Brown's stat line was tonight. This is exceptional podcasting, by the way. Jalen Brown was 3 of 13 tonight, 0 of 7 from deep. <laughs> you might call that a hangover. Um, and Jason Tatum, only 8 for 14, uh, 18 points. Yeah, the, Celt- the Celtics just didn't look like they showed up tonight um, for whatever reason. Okay, well, whatever. It is what it is. Um, okay, that is it. Um, that's that's No, I, I, that is not me tomorrow, Tyler. I've, this is only my second beer. Uh, I'm probably going to have a nightcap as I watch whatever basketball is on after this uh, Nets game um, because I tell you, there's nothing more relaxing than just watching an NBA game when your team won and uh, you don't have any writing to do before the next day. There is something very special about that. So I see the Nets are now up 111 to 108. I guess the Nets – LaMarcus Aldridge makes free throw one of one so I guess they went down to Aldridge. Um, I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to follow this game. Okay, I'm going to watch the end of this game. Um, cheers to everybody. Thanks for coming and checking us out. Uh, don't forget we got another live stream coming on Sunday night after the game. Um, if you're listening to this tomorrow morning on um, your podcast feed – be sure to drop a rating and a review and uh, subscribe, the whole thing. And last but not least, I'm going to drop this because you guys stuck with this the whole time. We are going to have some news soon regarding um, it's not Green Room, but something. Something's coming. Something's coming back. Uh, I will just say that I think people are going to be very happy about it. And uh, I will just leave it there. And, uh Yeah. Everybody have a great uh, weekend and stay safe out there and we will talk to you soon. Peace out.